Welcome to Faith at Eight. I'm Shanna. I'm Jill. We are two friends helping turn your eyes from the world to the Word through candid conversations fueled by Jesus and more Jesus. If you all only knew what happened between episodes, so we, we just in case anyone doesn't know, we record multiple. If you see on YouTube, you I'm sure recognize that we record multiple episodes because yes. we do not change shirts. Um, but we record multiple episodes and between like, I almost want to start recording the in-between and have, like, a special, like, behind-the-scenes. Like, mm-hmm. this is the conversations that happen in-between. We get some meaty maybe. conversations there. Yes. We do, which are good. But I think they will be polished in time. Yes. And then we'll bring those out on some yes. topics, some topic days. But a lot of they're times... They're not currently they're, very polished. They're not very polished. And a lot of times they go in a very strong... Dir- a, yes. a lot of truth. A lot of truth. But not a lot of grace. But not a lot of grace. And when you come to Faith at Eight, we want to give you that balance Both. of truth and grace. Yes. So there's To the best of our ability. On. That's right. And on today's Faith at Eight, <laughs> we are back in Daughters of Grace. And today we are talking about Gomer. Let's talk about grace. So um, right. Gomer is in the book of Hosea, and the prophet Hosea is commissioned by God to enter into marriage with a promiscuous woman named Gomer. Um, and we can kind of go into what does this this marriage represent and like the the mm-hmm. symbolism of it. But um, Gomer marries Hosea. However, she does not leave her promiscuous life behind. She's still like, she's she's liking her side pieces. She's liking her side pieces. Um, and at one point, Hosea has to go and buy his wife um, from her pimp, from a lack of another term. Uh-huh. Um, so, sorry, I don't have, I don't have a... That's really more, the only way. Yeah, I don't have a better word for that. There, I have not polished that part of my language. Um, back from, and buy her back. Um and she does have multiple children, but there's no guarantee that they are Hosea's, yet he he treats them as his own. I think that's, that's all we need to know about Gomer. I love Gomer. And you might sit you might might sit back and be like, oh gosh, is this like when <laughs> she was talking about praying so so fervently that people thought that she was drunk kind of thing. It is kind of in a, a similar way as when I read Gomer, I'm reminded that God's love is greater than our sin. Period. Yeah. That no matter what sins I have done in the past or currently, God's love is greater. And when we think about the parallel to this, like God's relationship with Israel is much like um, much like Hosea's relationship with Gomer, right? Yes. So here we have Israel who continued in this pattern of screwing things up, then coming back, then screwing things up, and then coming back. And God continually coming back and being like, no, just, just come. I will save you. I will redeem you. Like, believe in me. Love me. Have faith in me. And so when we really look at Gomer and we step back and we take away that Let me look at Gomer as a person and let's look at this as Israel. Let's look at this as us. Let's look at this as our flawed human where God continually tries to come back and say, I know, I already know that you are a sinner, but just look to me, come back to me. And I resonate with Gomer. Like I can just resonate with that that feeling of, all right, I think I'm getting it right. And then boom, I go back and I boom, I go back and I boom, go back to the same sins over and over. And yet God doesn't love me less. God doesn't walk away and be like, well, you know what? That was the 70th time she's done the same sin. So I'm out. 
God sits there. God has been patient for now I'm, you know, on this planet for 39 years. He has been patient through a lot of the same sins that I have done Mm -hmm. over and over. And there wasn't a point that he got too tired of what I was doing. He sat there. And so that's where when I read through this, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to step back and just have so much gratitude Mm -hmm. and then realize, you know what? This doesn't give me permission to keep sinning. No. This says, hold up the mirror, and where can I do better? Because I now desire to do better. I don't want to be making the same mistakes I did when I was in my 20s. Like, thank you for forgiveness. Like, I want to do better, right? And so, you know, when I read this, I was able to take that that mirror and say, like, there are parts of me that are Gomer. And, and that's why I was so excited as I was reading through it, because I felt that love of God, no matter my sin. Yeah, and... and- so we we see that in Israel, like they, they get freed from slavery and then like 10 seconds later, they're complaining and wishing they could go back to slavery. And now we have a different, even a different piece in our own society of, well, follow your heart. So like Gomer's heart was prone to wander and she often was unfaithful. And we now live in a world that's like, well, follow your heart. If your heart tells you to, you know, just follow your heart. And that's not biblical at all. And in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, it says, To do the opposite, it says, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. We can understand, who can understand it? I, the Lord, examine the mind. I test the heart to give each according to his way, according to what his actions deserve. And so we now live in this self-help, especially women. Yeah. This self-help culture of, oh, just follow your heart. And really what our culture is saying, follow the most deceitful part of yourself. (laughs) So then we... <laughs> That'll work out well. Yeah, it's going to be great. Definitely so, worked out well multiple so, times. Yeah. No. So we, we sit there and we follow our heart and then we end up like Gomer, um, who who left Hosea for a season and is eventually she is sold on the market. So she is now in human trafficking, mm-hmm. um, likely as a concubine. And Hosea not only loves her while she is still in her sin, but he goes and buys her back. And in... It's such a great demonstration. Hosea love was so strong that he was willing to go and buy her back, even though she had been unfaithful. Mm -hmm. And that's us and God. Like, we are so unfaithful to him. Mm -hmm. At least I am. I can't tell you many times in my my faith walk that I have gotten it so wrong that I've read his word, I've seen what it told me, and then I've done the opposite. (laughs) Or I've decided that I know better than God because, you know... (laughs) That's not a lie from the enemy, but it's so true. And we just keep getting it wrong. Um, In 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, For you were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Hosea was bought, or no, sorry, Gomer was bought by Hosea, but we were too. Mm -hmm. We were bought with the blood of Christ. And we then don't honor that, that purchase we we think like oh it's it's all good. no 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 jesus sacrificed himself for us we were bought with his blood and that makes it so that when we this this life ends that we will not be in hell for all eternity we'll be in heaven with christ so why are we not better stewards of that sacrifice mm-hmm. we're not like and we're not i can tell you i am a horrible steward with God's word. I am a horrible steward 
not all the time, but most of the time. Um, but I don't, I do not steward all the things that God has blessed me with. And what it is, is we look at stewardship as, oh, I tithe. I tithe. I tithe. So I am the best steward ever. Look at me. I'm yeah. an amazing tither. No, 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 no. God gave us so much more than money. Mm-hmm. He gave us his one and only son. He gave us his word. And we're horrible stewards of that. Yep. We, we, we're good stewards of the easy... Guys, it's easier to be a good steward of money than it is God's word. And that's like looking back on yourself and those priorities and where am I being yes. a good steward? And, you know, with God's word and with our bodies and, and yes. you know, with finances, with all of that, we go through the motions because the world tells us that we should look a certain way, act a yes. certain way, spend our money a certain way. But when we really sit in the word, it's, wait a minute. Am I truly being a good steward? Am I truly living by the word? And I remember um, a few months back, I saw something on on social media that says, the further you walk with Christ, the more sinful you will be. Because you start to recognize the areas where more sin is coming up. And you start to recognize the areas that you're not being a good steward. And instead of sitting there and being like, oh gosh, I'm doing it wrong. the, The stronger you get in your relationship with Christ, you start to say, but show me the way so that I can right. do this better. And it's it's beautiful when you start to get to that point that it's not, okay, I can't do this. It's let me lean in because I want to do better. Yeah, and we start recognizing that our sin never satisfies, but Jesus does. Mm-hmm. And um, it, what's interesting is not only are we in a season where we follow our hearts, we're in a season where we take pride in our own sin. We take pride in it. Pride is also a sin, just, mm-hmm. just in case anyone's confused. And... Um, it's often our way of saying, but you don't know what, what I have done. And instead of, instead of saying, you, I have done this and I see it as sin and I recognize it as sin and I am going to do as God told me and I'm going to turn away and, and, re- and turn away from my sin and sin no more. Instead, we take pride in it and we go, oh, it's okay. I'm happy that I did this. Look at me. Look how amazing I am. Uh, psh, those crazy Christians, they don't know, like, but I did this and we take pride in it. As a way of trying to pretend like it doesn't hurt. Although it really does truly hurt. And we're literally, all we're doing is putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Yeah, I can, I, yes, mic drop. I hear all of that. Because a lot of times when we come forward knowing that what we are doing is sin, but trying to justify it, it's because when we try to think of it in another way, we know that that hurts. Or suddenly we think, well, I must have done it wrong. And we're not ready to heal through that. But yeah. if, you know, I can look back at, at sin in my life and say, oh, yeah, you know what? That that definitely glaring sin. Do I sit here and try to justify it? No, Mm-mm. because justifying means that I don't understand God's word. And so instead, I want to pull things up, which I pray for. God, show me where I have sinned so that I can release it and that I can do better. And, and that's I, biblical. And I go to God's yeah. word and I say, okay, because I can't assume that before I knew Jesus, I chose what Jesus wanted for me mm-hmm. because I didn't know the word. But now that I'm studying it, now that I have a, a different lens on that, now there's that expectation of me to say, okay, choices that you make from here on, are you going to make them led by God or are you going to sit in the world and let the world? Because that's empty. That's that yes. heart guiding you. And where are you going to wind up when your heart is leading the way? You're going to wind up just empty. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is a spiritual maturity and, and, you know, making sure that we are doing, saying things with grace and truth. We need, you know, okay, you say the sinner's prayer. 
which is not in the Bible, but I don't hate it. I think like people do need some type of symbolism to recognize they're a new creation in Christ. Yep. So I'm not mad about it. But there is a time you can't, it's not, it's not fire insurance. It's not like, oh, well, I said the sinner's <laughs> prayer once, so now I'm not going to heaven, and now I'm not going to hell. Like, we need to recognize that what the Bible says is to turn away from our sin. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. That It says that we need to reject our sin and, and turn away from it. And that's not like day one expectation, I don't think. I think, uh, like, God wants us to do it. But what the reason why you'll all of a sudden start recognizing more and more sin is is spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. You are maturing in Christ. And so we can choose to see it as like, oh my gosh, now I feel like I always get it wrong. Or we can see like, wow, God's revealing so much to me. Yep. God's really pulling up. And and I still get it wrong. Heck, I was on my way here and this guy almost, I didn't tell you this when I got here. So this, it, I have to, there's a gentleman behind me. He decides he's going to go around me because he doesn't want, he want, doesn't want me in front of him, I guess. I don't know. But he doesn't go all the way around me. He sits beside me and my lane is ending. I'm like, just go around me if you're going to go around me. So I speed up and he speeds up. I'm like, okay, now this guy's just a jerk. So my response to him being a jerk was I decide I'm also going to be a jerk. And so now I'm like, dude, you're in a Mazda Miata. I don't have anything against the Mazda Miata, just his. I'm in a forerunner. Like, if we're going to play chicken, I'm going to win. I have a bigger car. And so I'm having this moment where I'm acting super immature, super sinful, because I'm getting all prideful. Like, how dare you not let me in? I'm going to get in and I'm going to now, I'm going to be in front of you and I'm not going to let you in front of me. And then I had a moment of clarity of going, I have my children in the back of the car and this is not a good choice at all. Like I'm driving way faster than I usually would all out of pride because this guy acted like a jerk. So what am I proving here? Yeah. So if I win and I stay in front of him the whole way, cause I win, ha ha, what have I proven that I can be as big of a jerk as he can? I can be just as immature as he can. Y'all, there's time in my life I would have done that all the way down the road. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I'm not there anymore. So a few minutes into this, I was like, what in the world am I doing? Shannon, your children are in the car. This is not... Please don't call Child Protective Services on me. Like, this is not... She's a very good driver, friends. This is not healthy. And I wasn't, like, swerving in and out. I was right. just like, oh, we're next to this big rig. I'm going to make it so you can't get past me. Mm-hmm. Like, not that that makes it better than swerving. I don't know. But... but God revealed to me, and that's something I, y'all, I, there was a point in my life I could hold on to things like no one else could, and I prided myself in this, like, oh, I'm relentless. I can hold on to anger and and feelings, and I'll remember the bad things that you did for so long. Ooh, look at me. And I took so much pride in that, and I was having one of those moments of, like, how dare you? And I just, like, let it go. Like, in the words of Elsa, let it go. Like, this is not serving you. It's not serving your children. Mm-hmm. It's not serving the... It, like, the guy behind me isn't like, oh, um, I should put on there, don't worry, there's not a church sticker on the back of my car. It's okay. I was not being a... He has no clue that I'm Christian. That made me feel a little bit better. Like, if I had the church sticker, I'd been like, wow, that was really, really bad. That was really bad. But, like, I, like am, am I leading him to Christ by mm-hmm. being jerky in front of him? Like, what, that's what God's called us to do. I'm, like, what am I, what am, how am I serving? And and what am I accomplishing? And that might sound like a silly example, but there's so many times throughout our day where something happens. It's not like someone wakes up and goes, you know what I should do today? I should be super sinful. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Something happens that triggers us to then act in a sinful behavior, and then we make justifications for it instead yes. of going, okay, well, that wasn't right. Let me mm-hmm. do things. And I've talked about before, 
being angry is not a sin. Mm -hmm. It's what you do with it that can lead you to sin. So me being angry at that mad didn't, man didn't make me a sinner. It was my response to that. I wasn't even angry at him. I was annoyed at him. It was my response to the annoyance that made me a sinner. When my kids don't do what they're supposed to do and I get annoyed at it, that doesn't make me a sinner. It's my response to it. Yep. And when we realize that, okay, my emotions are not sinful, it's my actions attached to it, I have to say it is very empowering to realize, oh, I'm not, because there was a part where I thought like, oh my, well, I'm always so angry. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with me? I must be a bad Christian. No, 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 no. I'm not a bad Christian at getting mad at someone. I'm a bad Christian if I then re- react in a sinful manner mm-hmm. instead of giving that to God or being like, guys, I could have just slowed down and gotten behind the guy and nothing, it would not have impacted my life at all. And by my behavior, I didn't harm him. I harmed me. I harmed my heart I because I was disobeying God. Mm-hmm. Because I was acting in a way that did not reinforce my identity as a Christian, as a Christ-centered woman, as a Christ-centered mother. Christ-centered mothers don't act a fool in the car with the kids in the back of the car. Like, that's, that's not mm-hmm. something that we should do. Um, but it's so interesting that we'll go through life and we'll go back to that follow my heart or they made me do it or it's not my fault or pride in our sin instead of saying, okay, God tells me to rebuke and turn away from my sin. That's what I need to do in this moment. My, my, my urge is to give this guy a piece of my mind, point him to heaven and show and and show him off. Mm -hmm. But that's prideful and that's sinful and the right thing to do and, and the, the how I can be annoyed and but not is just to let it go. And that will do so much more for me than me getting revenge or me showing him showing him how he was wrong. And that takes practice. A lot. That takes practice in the every day. Right? So yeah. just as Gomer <laughs> couldn't get out of her own way and just kept calling up her side pieces. You know, Shanna in the car is like, yeah. hang on a second, I'm going to get mad at that person. But there comes to a point where you're yeah. like, I'm done. I've yeah. had enough. Like, obviously, I don't want to keep feeling this way. I yes. don't want to keep doing this sin. So what does it look like the next time that Mazda Miata is there? Because there's going to be another one. Oh, yeah. So then it's, how am I going to change my reaction? Yes. How am I going to do this as a Christ-centered woman yes. so that I know that what I'm doing is actually in alignment with what I'm being called? This isn't about being perfect. No. This is about recognizing where can I <laughs> Obviously. <change it> <laughs> But this is about recognizing, you know what? I have lived this long to a point where some of my sin has been my normal. Yes. And when our... Uh, Pause, (laughs) mic drop, yes. But thinking about when we have that sin that has become normal, we're not looking for it. No. And it's really up to us to hold that mirror up, to have wise counsel, to to be able to call ourselves out, to have other people say, hey, I think you can do this better. I think that there's a different way. Are you open to some feedback? And understanding that that's where the real change is going to occur. That's where you start to walk, you know, walk into a room and people are like, what's different about her, right? It's Jesus. I'm looking for a specific Bible verse. You're fine. I love search functions on phones because when I'm like, I feel like that's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah, I'm like, I know this is in the Bible, Bible, but now... I like, I don't like reading it from my phone though. I like reading it from my Bible just because I, I know I like this version of the Bible and that doesn't always pull up my preferred version. 
One thing too that I really love about this is the difference between knowing about someone versus knowing someone. Ooh, so yes. you have those those you know. Do you know about God? Right? Like, yeah, I know I who God is. I haven't highlighted. That's how much I like this first. But do you, are you really in a relationship where you are knowing and understanding who God is? Because you can probably pinpoint people who are like. <clears throat> Yep, I know who God is. That's blah, blah, blah. Okay, but do you know? Are you in an intimate relationship? Mm-hmm. Because there's that different understanding. Like, I know a lot of people, but I intimately know my husband, right? And that's mm-hmm. on those different levels. And that's where you want to get to say, I am in a relationship with God. Yeah. So in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offense way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. That's a powerful prayer, guys. And what it is, is we do the really, we do the really like surface ones of dear God, thank you for all that you've done for me. And please take this food and nourish my body with it so I can better serve you. But are we willing to do the prayers that really, really um, like search my heart because there are so many things deep in my heart that I don't know. It's funny. I'll say like, well, I don't know if I got, I want God to know that y'all he does already does. Um, but are we willing to, to look and reflect on that and, and turn away from those feelings, those sinful feelings and brokenness. So, yeah. Gomer. I just, like I said, I just love you, Gomer. I always think of Gomer pile. So like when I, well, read Gomer. I literally see Gomer Pyle as the picture, like with a wig. Now you can put a wig and be like, yeah, female version, female go- like, like Gomer Pyle's sister. I guess I don't know. You know, you never know what you're getting on Faith and Eggs. So never. You're welcome. Never. You're welcome. Okay, break us out, <laughs> dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Creator of all things. Lord, we are so so humbled to be in your presence, Lord. We are so humbled that you show us so much about who you are and the patience and love of who you are through Hosea, Hosea, Lord. And we are humbled that we are Israel. We are the broken people, the ungrateful people, the complainers and the whiners, the sinners. We are those people. We are not equal to you, Lord. We are not even close to equal to you, Lord. We are so, so broken. Father God, please forgive us. Please forgive us to that we are saved by you and then we consistently return to our sin. Please forgive us that we follow our heart instead of Christ. Please forgive us for being poor stewards of the sacrifice that you made with your one and only son, Jesus Christ. We often talk about how how we don't deserve it, but we act like we do, Father God. Please forgive us for that. Please forgive us for our own self-righteousness of of thinking that we deserve the sacrifice that you made and therefore not being grateful for the sacrifice that you made. Lord, we are so, so thankful that despite the fact that we mess up over and over again, that you are a patient and loving God. We are so humbled that you are such a good God that even when we mess up, you do not forsake us or leave us. You are patient with us, waiting there for us to finally call out to you that we are the one 
that leave that one sheep that left the flock, Lord. And when we call out to you, you still come no matter the offense, no matter the sin, no matter all the ways that we got it wrong, you still come for us, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Lord, please help us be brave enough to ask you to search our heart. Lord, help us, Father God, to be confident enough in you and you who you are to humbly ask you to transform our hearts. Please, Father God, allow us to to understand the gravity of the sacrifice you made in Jesus Christ and him being crucified for us, Lord. And please help us be so focused on that, that we are good stewards of that sacrifice, that we're still good stewards of all the blessings that we've been given for you, to you, by you, Lord, not just the select few that we choose. Father God, please, if you see pride coming up inside of us and welling up inside of us, please turn us away from that pride, Lord. Please humble us in those moments and remind us that you are a sovereign God and we are just sinners, broken people that are not in control and that we need to be obedient to you, Father, in all things. We are so grateful to you, God, for all that you've given to us. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, friends. We'll see you later. Yes. And um, wherever you're listening to this or watching this, hi, um, make sure that you leave us a review, you subscribe, you do all the things that that app is telling you to do, because that helps us helps us get faith at eight to more people. And so that they can see that there is both um, grace and truth in Christ. Pretty please. If you enjoyed today's episode, there's a few things we would love for you to do. Share with a friend, like, and subscribe to our channel on YouTube or Apple Podcast, which has new episodes every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern, or find us live on Instagram on Fridays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Whatever you do, do it in faith.